We're going to get right into the word this morning. And uh, we're going to look at five powerful truths or five powerful things out of the book of Ruth today. And I'm going to give you a head start. You can go to Ruth 3. We're going to get there in just a few moments. But we're going to look at the story of Ruth and Naomi here. And listen, they didn't fast. All right, There was no fasting in this story. But there's great revelation and great truth here on five things that we can do. Or five things that she did, speaking of Ruth, in order to become united to who? Her bridegroom. Now, his name was Boaz. All right, He was a bachelor from Bethlehem. He lived in Bethlehem. He was what we would call right now, as we're reading this story or looking through this story, a great parallel or a great example or a representation of who Jesus Christ is in our lives. Okay? Jesus Christ, understand this, we are the bride of Christ as the church. And he is what? The bridegroom. In other words, we are to become united and to be connected with him. So what we need to understand here, just some back history with Ruth. Ruth had already lost her husband. She was going through a time of depression, a time of great sorrow, mourning. A lot of things were happening. And her mother-in-law... Naomi said, hey, look, here's what's going to happen. We're going to connect you with this guy, Boaz, because, one, he's good looking, all right? He's got lots of money, all right? And he's going to take care of us the rest of our lives, all right? Kind of like Christ. Man, he's wonderful. He's a beautiful picture. He owns all things. And he's going to take care of us for what? All of eternity, So here we got a great representation, a great story here. But we're going to look at a scripture in Philippians 3 and 10 first. And Paul says this. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Do you know that you can know someone without knowing them? It's kind of like we all have acquaintances in our lives. There's people that we know. But then you have those people that are more than acquaintances, but they're within your inner circle. You know them, and you really know them. But for some of you, you know people, but you just know about them. What we're looking to do during this time of fasting is understanding this. I want to know Christ, but not just on the acquaintance side of it. I want to know Christ as who? My mighty God, my Prince of Peace, my everlasting Father, correct? We want to get to the place where we get into an intimacy with Jesus. We want to build a strong foundation, a relationship with him that's even strong. Some of you may sit there today and say, well, Pastor Kevin, I've been serving the Lord for 20 plus years. Fantastic. I'm excited about you. But there's more to your relationship than what you've already experienced. God's got more in store for your life. And he's going to show forth through this time and this season. See, it's not about church. It's not about rules. It's not about, you know, the religious stuff that that we kind of make it out to be sometimes when it comes to a relationship with God. Naomi gives five wonderful steps of advice to Ruth. And we're going to look at these five wonderful steps of advice to Ruth. And we're going to, what, apply them to us. We're going to apply these steps. We're going to apply these areas of opportunity of growth to our own life as we are about to go into this time of fasting starting tomorrow. The first one is this. We need to be freshly cleansed. Ruth chapter 3 verse 3 tells us this. Therefore... Wash yourself. Everybody say, wash yourself. Therefore, wash yourself. I'm just going to stop right there. That's as far as I need to go with that scripture. Therefore, wash yourself. That's what we're doing here. We are spiritually going to take on a cleansing. We're going to say, you know what, God? We're going to, we're, we're, we want this impurity. We want all of this stuff that's inside of us. We want it gone. 
We want, we want the, the bad thoughts, the bad attitudes, the, the anger moments, the, 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 the acting without thinking and praying to God first. God, we need to get rid of some stuff in our lives. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says this. Therefore, I love this scripture, and we're going to get into it here in a second. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, who's the beloved? That's us. That's you and me. He says, therefore, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all what? Filthiness of the flesh. Some of y'all are dirty. Think about that. Filthiness of the flesh. What are the things that you've been taking in? I had a conversation with someone this week. Actually, a couple people this week. And uh, they were going, Pastor Kevin, this is going to be difficult. I don't know if I can do this. And I'm going, you know what? I'm thinking the same thing right with you. You know, I'm human too. I'm like, wow, this, this is going to be a challenge. This isn't, this isn't made to be easy, this time of fasting that we're going. If it was made to be easy, everybody would be doing it. This is a sacrifice. This is something we're going after because we want God to what? Cleanse us of our filthiness. We, you know, and, and they were saying, well, you know, I, I, man, I'm, a, I'm addicted to this soda or this. I'm addicted to this sugar. Or I'm, I'm addicted to this breading. And, and, I'm addic- and, and you know what? They're saying all this stuff that's what, what really bad for us. So what are we doing here? Not only are we taking a spiritual cleansing, but we're also looking at it in the physical form. I'm believing that for some of us, we're going to break some bad habits, some things that we've been saying we're going to get rid of for some time. Some things that you've been saying, uh, you know, as New Year's have come and gone and New Year's have come and gone. Some of you have already broke many New Year's resolutions. We're only 15 days in, you know. And, and, and so now we're doing it in the spiritual level. We're saying, God, we need you to get involved here. We need something better to happen than what we've been doing. You know, the, the habits, the, the, the things that we've been going through every day that we want to change, God, we're going to change. I believe some people are going to become delivered over some addictives. I really do. And I'm not ch- talking just about alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and, 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 and all that stuff. I'm talking about some really poor choices that we make every day within our lives and what we take in. But he goes on to say, let us cleanse ourselves from, for, from all filthiness of the flesh and watch this. And the spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. If we want to draw near to Christ, we must be willing to cleanse ourselves. You know, I find it interesting here because not only are we being uh, told that we're going to take on a physical cleansing, but we're taking the spiritual cleansing on. You know, a lot of times when we speak about the spirit, we're speaking about God's Holy Spirit. And, and that's all we really think about. When we speak about the Spirit, we're thinking, oh, well, that's God. Oh, that's God. Oh, that's God. Well, I want to talk about for a moment your spirit, the spirit man and spirit woman that resides and lives inside of you. Now, understand, when we bring things into our minds and into our ears and into our sight, and we're taking and consuming things in, whatever we're bringing in, and you've heard this many times, you're also distributing out. And the only way you can distribute it out is if what? If it gets inside of you and it becomes a part of you. And a lot of times we'll say, well, that's my flesh acting. No, that's not your flesh acting. That is actually your spirit acting. Because wherever your heart is, wherever your spirit is, that's what you're going to pour outside and people are going to see. So then we need to look at ourselves and say, you know, do, a, do an inventory in our mind. And, and, and what do people see about me? What do people, how do they see how I act and react? You see, God's saying here, we need to cleanse our spirit. Not only our flesh. Paul's saying we need to cleanse it and we need to be careful of what we are allowing to enter into what? 
the holy temple. This is God's temple. Not this building necessarily, but you. You are the property of God. And whatever you're bringing into God's house, are you doing it with his permission? Are you doing it because you want to? Think about that. I love this in Isaiah 1, 15 through 16. It says this. When you spread out your hands. This, this, is, this is tough for the Christ follower to listen to right here. He says, when you, speaking you and I, spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers. Some of us have been wondering why some prayers have not been answered. Listen to this. He says, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. And then we go to verse 16. He says, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away evil of your doing from my eyes. Cease to do evil. God says, listen, I'm not going to hear your prayers with the dirty hands, defiled hearts, and double minds. I can't do it. You must become cleansed. You must become cleansed in the spirit. Isaiah 52 and 11 says this. Depart ye, depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. In other words, this is what God doesn't want. He's not looking for a bride who's dirty, who's unclean. And we are the bride of Christ. We are being instructed that we must have cleanliness in our lives. Say, so, well, Pastor Kevin, I, I can't live my life without spot or blemish. I understand that. And you know what? God understands that as well. However, that is still no excuse for you to do the things that you have been doing. It's still no excuse to, to live the way that you have been living. God is challenging us through this fast. He's saying, if you want more of me, show me. Prove it to me. Because you know what? I've almost turned a deaf ear to your prayers. He says, you must become clean. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 tells us this, and how we get washed. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of, word, of the water by the word. So this is how we become clean in the eyes of Christ, in the eyes of God. We are washed by the word. In other words, what water is to the body, the word is to the spirit. God is saying for you to become cleansed, and this falls into many, uh, several couple sermon series before where we talked about the spiritual disciplines that we need to put into our lives every single day. One of those was continually being in the word of God every single day. Allowing the word of God to not only be something that we know needs to be a part of our lives, but making it a part of our lives every day. Every day. If you want to become clean in the eyes of God, if you want to become clean spiritually, God is saying, get into my word. You know what? There is power in the word of God. There is power when you pray the word. There is power when you speak the word over your troubles, your circumstances, your problems, your tribulations. Because listen, the word of God has the spirit of God in it. It is inspired by God himself. It is the very breath of God. And every demon, every, every bit of, thing of Satan must flee when we speak the word of God. 
We sit there and say, well, you know what? We don't have power like we used to have. No, we're not in the word like maybe the saints before us and the generations used to be. You need to understand something. I'm very serious about what I'm saying about growing closer to God. I believe that this church, the only way it will ever go from where it is today to where God potentially wants it to be is if we get into the word of God and say, God, clean house in this place. Clean house in my life. Psalms 119 and 9 says this. How can a young man cleanse his way? The psalmist said and answered, by taking heed according to your word. In other words, the Bible says that we are faithful and just to confess our sins. He is faithful to cleanse us of all of our sins. See, there's a cleansing that happens when we get washed in the blood. There's a cleansing that happens when we say, Jesus, you know what? I I truly need you to be the Lord of my life. I truly need you to cleanse me every day. The cleansing must happen. I mean, think about this for a second. Have you, you know, if you haven't taken a bath in two or three days, what are you going to, you're going to stink. You just don't, don't come near me. You're going to stink. I'm kidding on that, okay, but kind of. You're going to stink. Some of you, your spirit man is spirit woman. Guess what? Thank you. You stink. But God, I need you right now, God. But I don't have time for your word. But God, I need you to do this. And God is saying, Isaiah, what? I hear your prayers, but man, you stink. God says, get into my word. Get into my word and you will become refreshed. Get into my word and you will become encouraged. Get into my word and peace and joy and love and all these wonderful things that God has in store for our lives will begin to impure inside of you. And guess what? When it goes inside, what comes out? The same thing that came in. And people what? Then want to be around you again. Praise God. Ruth 3 and 3 says this. It says, therefore, we understand it said, wash yourself. But here comes the next part of it. And anoint yourself. We'll stop right there. The second thing, the second step, the second thing that Ruth or Naomi told Ruth, she said, you need to fragrantly be anointed. Not only be cleansed, but you got to smell good. If you want to be with the bridegroom, you can't stink. Think about that, gentlemen. Those of you who are married, imagine if you're standing at the altar And you're waiting on that beautiful bride to come down. And she gets down and she ain't had a bath in four, five, six days. (laughs) Things might be a little different. We are fasting. We are praying. We're asking God to fragrantly anoint us. 1 John 2 and 27, it says this. But the anointing which you have received from him, speaking of God, abides in you. And you, do not need, and you do not need that anyone teach you this. The moment we accept Christ, we do become fragrantly anointed. However, if we're not staying within his word, if we're not praying, if we're not doing the things of fasting, if we're not coming to him, 
and needing his touch and asking him for forgiveness of sin. Eventually, that fragrance begins to wear. Your attitude that once seemed to be so positive and influential now begins to be, become one where people don't even want to be around you any longer. People see you coming and they go, oh, my. See, Ruth 3 and 3 says, therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. You see, when you fast, you become freshly cleansed. The iniquity, the sin, the defiled hearts, the double minds become washed away. Why? Because we are now spending time in the word of God. We are now spending time in prayer to God. Why? Because now God has to hear our prayer because we're doing as he says we're getting into his word. We're becoming cleansed spiritually as well as physically. God has to hear our prayer now. He says in Ruth 3.3, 3, Therefore, wash yourself, anoint yourself. And here's the third thing. Put on your best garment. In other words, become fitly clothed. Naomi is telling Ruth this, to put on her best clothes. She says, hey, look, that's Boaz. He owns everything. You're trying to get his attention. You want his attention. You want him to want you. You want him to like you. You say, Ruth had been a widow. She had been wearing her mourning clothes, as I've said before. She had been going through depression. And, 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 and I couldn't imagine the different emotions maybe she was in. She just came out of a famine. And here she is going back to Bethlehem. But still she had those mourning clothes on. And Naomi's saying, look, Ruth, in order for you to change, you need to change some things up in your life. You need to become fitly clothed. You see, I can't help but to think to myself that God is sitting there saying, you're wanting change. I hear your prayers that you're wanting change to happen in your life. But you need to do some things on your own to produce some change. You need to become fitly clothed clothed and what do we become fitly clothed in some of your moans and groans really need to become some hallelujahs you need to become expressing some joy and some thanksgiving to the God above we need to become expressing some uh, ex expectation and knowing that God you've got all things in the palm of your hand and you work all things to the good of those who what love you serve you adore you Isaiah 61 and 3 says, To console those who mourn in Zion, says to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I believe that during the season of fasting, some of us, and I pray that all of us, will change our wardrobe when it comes to the Lord. We've been dressed with sorrow and mourning and the gloomliness and, and discouragement. But I believe that this is going to be a time that we are going to rise above our circumstances. We're not going to look at where we are now and expect that to be where we're going to be in our future. We're going to look at where we are now and say, God, we're going to see this as an opportunity for you to teach us and to grow us. Because, Lord, we know that better things are in store for our lives. Because, Lord, what we do in the secret, you must do in the public. You must answer our prayer. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be full, excuse me, my soul shall be joyful in my God. 
For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. He's clothed us. We can be fitly clothed in his righteousness. We don't have to go around continually feeling as if we are living in condemnation. We don't have to continually living our lives and and looking at ourselves and being disgruntled about where we are right now in our lives or where our futures might be. We can take a look and say, God, you know what? I may not understand where I'm at and my view of the future does not look very promising, but God, I know that all things work together for the good. I know, God, that even through these storms that I have gone through in my life, I'm going to see victory through it. So God, instead of looking, moaning, groaning, look, being discouraged, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to say, you know what? I serve a really big God who's mighty, who is my everlasting father, who can take care of all things. And we're going to begin to change our attitude. Ruth 3 and 4 says, Then it shall be when he lies down, that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, you will uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do. Now understand this, in Jewish tradition and culture, that if someone did that, they laid at the feet and, or uncovered their feet, that was an act of submission. Becoming fully committed to God, number four. See, I'm freshly cleansed. I'm fresh, fragrantly anointed. You know, at this point, we're fitly clothed. And now we're saying, God, I'm going to lay myself at your feet, Lord, and I'm going to be fully committed. We forget that sometimes. You know, I, I can remember back when I, I accepted Christ as my Savior, and I can, I can remember the days, the weeks, and the months after, and, and how it seemed like daily I went to the foot of the cross. I went to his feet. But you know what happens over time? Sometimes the importance of that becomes dull. We become numb. We hear the stories. We know the story. We know the experience. We felt it before. And we go through the rigmarole of life. And our circumstances have just allowed us to become numb. That experience becomes dull to us. It becomes a a yesteryear. It once was. It'll never be again. God is saying, no, listen, you need to understand, you need to come back to my feet. Not to my face. I don't want to see eye to eye with you. You need to come to my feet right now. You need to come to my feet and just put yourself there and say, God, I'm committed again to you. During this fast, I believe that's what we're going to do. For many of us, if not all of us, we're going to get to the spot. We're going to get to the foot of the cross every single day that we're a part of this. And we're going to say, God, never let us lose focus again. We're going to look up to our Savior because he is so high and lifted up. We're going to say, Lord, we're committed to you. God, you know, Isaiah 3 and 5 said this. She said to her, all that you say to me. I will do. All that you say to me, I will do. In other words, becoming faithfully compliant. What has God told you in your life? Or try to 
push you forward in that you have said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I don't feel comfortable, Lord. I don't feel comfortable now sharing with this individual. I don't feel comfortable with maybe stepping out in this type of a ministry. I don't feel comfortable, God. And so what do we do? We're not compliant. But yet we want to say, Lord, we're fully committed. We want to say, God, that we're fully committed and that, you know what? We're fully committed to you and, and here's my life, Lord. And, and here, I'm, I'm even going to go as far as say, God, I'm going to get at, the foot, at your feet, at the foot of the cross. But God, don't ask me to do anything, please. Because then that makes me really, really uncomfortable. You know, I have to say something. She's not in here, and uh, she would probably kill me for even saying this. This is awful, too. I, 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 was, I almost manipulated her, all right? I'm speaking to my wife. You know, I remember we were dating, and uh, then, you know, and she was really worried about dating me because I'm a, I was a youth pastor, and, you know, there's a lot of expectation there, and she's, I don't do, I don't, I sit. That's what I do. I sit. And that's all I do, you know, when it comes to church and stuff. And I was like, that's cool. I, I do everything. Don't worry about it. You know, you sit. I'll do everything. I'm thinking in my mind, no, that ain't going to happen. That's, that ain't, you know, that's, that's just wrong. You know, I shouldn't have, shame on me. But I remember, I remember doing that or, or thinking that. And, and then we went through our engagement and and, and we would have these conversations and she, she would get really nervous and, and sit there and say, people are going to put a lot of expectation and I just can't meet those expectations. I said, neither can I. I can't meet the expectations that people are going to put on me. I said, I just trust God. That's all I do. I just, it's, it's in his hands. You know, if he tells me to do it, I'm going to do the best I can. A lot of you sit there and, and I have a lot of conversations before church and sometimes you'll go, you know, I'm expecting to go to it and I'll go, I just do the best I can. I just do the best I can, you know. But um, I have to admit something here and, and that I'm really proud of. But as we have grown in our marriage and, and as the time has gone, that person who used to just sit there doesn't just sit there any longer. Somewhere along the way, she become more compliant, allowing God to use and to grow her. And I believe that God's got even more in store now, she'll probably never come up here and speak. I'll just tell you that right now, you know. But I believe that God's got more. And so what I'm saying here is this. Don't limit the possibilities that God has for your life. Because God will break you out of the shell that you're in. Because he's created you for more than where you're currently at. He's going to rise you above what your expectations have ever been. And God is going to show himself to be God and to be powerful and to be mighty. And you're going to do things that are going to grow the kingdom of God. Ruth 3, 9 through 10 says, <clears throat> and he said, who are you? Speaking Boaz said this. And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter. Ruth chapter 3 verse 18 goes on to say, Then he said, Still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Here's what I want you to understand happened here. After this interaction with Boaz, Ruth went back to Naomi. 
But Boaz sent her back with, I think it was like 60 pounds of grain, back to her. That was a lot. That was like wealth in that day. And, and, and so Naomi told Ruth, said this, said, look, you've done your part. Now he will not rest until he does his. What does that mean for us? If we are doing our part and we're seeking this bridegroom, Jesus Christ, and we're going through this fasting, this season of fasting, we're, what, being fitly clothed, fragrantly anointed, freshly cleansed. If we're doing all of these things, fully committed, faithfully compliant, if we're doing all of these things, then God is saying this, I will not rest until I do my part in your life. Are you following me? God is going to do his part. God is going to be faithful to his word and he's not going to fail you. Stand with me this morning. So, I have one more message left in this fasting series. And I'm extremely excited about it. I did everything I could not to even mention anything about next week's sermon. Next week's message is going to be a game changer in your life. Next week's message is going to flip you upside down, inside out. And you're going to look at things entirely different. I promise you this. I've worked all week on next week's message. Because I had a week off. But tomorrow, we're starting this corporately, this fast for our church. Some of you, you're just hearing about it for the first time. Some of you are visitors. You know, I understand that. I hope you've enjoyed this message. It's been very educational for you, I believe, and knowledgeable. And if you want to join a fast for a short period of time to help our church in your life, please do so. Or better yet, fast for your own church. Okay? I want to encourage you to do so. But to, to our congregants here, tomorrow we begin this fast, and I'm very excited about it. I don't know what you've chosen. Maybe you're still debating and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. But whatever you do, do it all. Please. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. You know what? Turn, turn beside, beside you and say, don't cheat. Don't cheat. No, scream it. <laughs> Do not cheat because I believe that God is going. And listen, if you mess up by accident, it's cool. God's cool. All right. Some of you are like, I'm going to have some accidents. No, that's cheating. <laughs> All right? But God's going to do big things in your life. I believe that. See, I, um, I had a friend yesterday, and, and um, I've told many of you I'm part of a group chat with some of my college buddies. We've been in it for about three years now. And, and uh, he noticed my tech or my messages that I've been putting out on Facebook. And he said, Kevin, I mean, what, is the church of God making you do this fasting? I was like, no, they're not making us. It's not a mandated deal. I said, I've been drawn to it for some time. And I believe that God's wanting to do special things in the lives of those who are part of my church and as in our community and our church as a whole. And I really feel compelled to tell you that you're not doing this because I'm telling you or wanting you to participate. You're doing this because God is calling us. 
to do this. Do you recall two weeks ago in the first message in the scripture, it made mention if, we're, if we do not do as what God has called us to do, we're just as good as what? Idolaters. Let's not fall into that trap. God's calling us. I don't know what it is that you're going to participate and how you're going to participate in it, but I want to pray over every one of you this, this morning that God will give you the strength. Because listen, when you're fast, there's three people involved. There's you, there's God, and there's the devil. But you remember what Jesus said when Satan approached him, when he went through his fast. Jesus answered him three separate times. It is written. When we get into the word of God during this fast and we get tempted by the devil, we can go back to that reference that Christ said. It is written. Jesus was referring in that moment that man shall not live by bread alone, but what every word of the breath of God. God is wanting to move in your life. It is written. That's written in the word of God. Allow the word of God to be your foundation. Allow it during this fast to be a part of every moment of your life. Think the word, speak the word, pray the word, read the word, consume it, and watch God change you. You're going to become physically cleansed. You're going to become spiritually cleansed. You're going to grow. And what we are doing in the secret, God is going to reward in the what? Public. So I'm challenging you. I'm asking you, don't cheat participate in this. I know that God's got great things. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask all of you if you would step out where you're at and come to the front here. You say, well, I can stand here, Pastor. That's fine. You can stand there. But I'm asking for you to step out this morning. Just to step out for a moment. And as a family, we're a family. Listen, I love my church. You are my family. And I believe that God is trying to gain our attention to gain our attention because he's saying, look, I've got huge, you've been praying to me for some stuff. You've been asking me for some stuff. But listen, here's how you get his attention. We're gonna seek him, we're gonna pray, we're gonna fast. We're gonna say, God, we're doing our part. As Naomi said to Ruth, you've done your part. Now he will not rest until he's done what? His part. Let's pray. Father, God, we just come, we're a family. We're a family, we love one another. We love you, Lord, and we're, we're expecting God. Tomorrow begins a new journey for us. A journey that maybe years have been for some of us. Who, who It's been so long since we fasted. Maybe some of them have never fasted before, and this is a brand new thing to them. Regardless, God, tomorrow is a journey for this church, for these lives individually that we are going to begin. We're giving up, Lord. We're sacrificing just so, God, that we can... Get your attention, Lord, so we could be as, as Jacob, where God, we're not letting go, Lord. We're not giving up until you bless us. God, we're going to do our part, and so, Lord, we know you won't rest until you have done yours. So, God, our prayer this morning is strengthen us. Give us wisdom. Surround us with encouragement with other people. Father, help us through this, God. Father, we do this, Lord, because we want to grow closer to you. We need that spiritual cleansing. We need that physical cleansing, God. We need to be fragrantly anointed again, Father. We need to be fully committed and faithfully compliant, God, and freshly cleansed. So God, move in every 
life, God, during this fast. I know, Lord, that you've got big things in store. Encourage us and keep us strong in you. And God, as we leave this place this morning, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in you, our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer, in Christ's name. And the church says, amen and amen. Hey, we love you guys. Hey, listen, real quick. Don't move, don't move, don't move. I missed something. There is a 21-day fast devotional on the U version. I encourage you to get on there on the YouVersion app or on the computer. Follow that. If you're on Facebook, I've written a um, devotional also that I'm going to put out one every day for 21 days, okay? So take a look at them. You'll be encouraged. We love you guys. Bye.